Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Aren't you glad you decided to come to church on a Sunday night? I got about four of you. How about the rest of you? Are you glad you came to church on a Sunday night? Amen. I'm so thankful for what I feel here today, and I I love when God just uh, God just kind of sets us up, and that's what He's done here tonight. And I believe this is an overflow of what God did this morning, and I appreciate this church and its receptivity to the ministry and to gifts of the spirit and the fivefold ministry and um, <clears throat> something special is going on here at Antioch and um, you know it's not often you go to a place and a pastor calls for a seven day fast among the body and I say that to say that it should be a lot more common because God responds to that kind of stuff and so I honor this church and its sacrifice and willingness to kill your flesh and just uh, see what God would do with that. And, <clears throat> you know, a fast isn't activated until you break it. And so uh, tonight when you break it, I just believe God might visit some of you tonight once you get home in a very special way. If you'll just keep your spirit open and be aware of what's going on in the spirit around you. You never know what God might do. You know, that's the kind of stuff I'm hungry for. That's the kind of stuff I want. And uh, I just, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just taking my time here. I love the Lord. I love Him. And uh, I want, I want everything that I do you know, we, we, don't, we don't pray and fast to get something from God. We pray and fast to kill our flesh and get in touch with Him. And everything that we do should be an overflow of relationship. I don't study to preach. I study to know Him. And so what I bring to this pulpit is just an overflow of what He tells me in my private time with Him. I love Him. I love Him. I love him. He is my very best friend. And um, since I was 15 years old, I've been working diligently to become his best friend. And I just, I want to know him and be close to him. I'd rather pray than preach. I'd rather, if I had to choose, I can pass this mic off to somebody else. Just give me a place to get alone with him and hear what he has to say. Does anybody want to know him? I wonder if before we move any further, we can just lift our hands and I, I want to know him.
And I will tell you here tonight that um, I'm not here to hype you up. I'm not here to preach us into emotionalism. But I am here in defense of something that is very much a part of our apostolic identity. I'm here tonight in defense of apostolic praise and worship. And I know we've dug deep in this revival, but I am here in defense tonight of true, genuine apostolic praise and worship. And so with that being said, let's go to Genesis chapter 49. Genesis 49 and verse number 8. Genesis 49 and verse number 8. I give honor to your pastor and his family and all these men on this platform. Some of my good friends. God bless them. And uh, if you're going to break a fast tonight, I would like to just crescendo what your pastor's already said. Um, I mean, you can go belly up on Taco Bell if you want to. But I, I would not I would not recommend that at all. So maybe if you just uh, want to eat a salad or something, that's probably what I'd go with. Anyway, it don't cost you anything. That's free. Genesis 49 and verse number 8. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion. And as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? Verse number 10 said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. This was a messianic prophecy. And he said that the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. In other words, the praisers will have dominion until Jesus shows up. The praisers will have authority. Until the Messiah gets here. So you'll understand my title. I'll explain it a little further here in a moment. But I want to talk to you about the dominion of the dance. The dominion of the dance. Now I've already told you I'm here in defense of apostolic praise and worship. Because we've gotten to a little spirit of comfort in Pentecost. Where we've learned how to do our hand clap and our little dance and leave the same way we came and we're not affecting the spirit world you know we don't dance and shout just because it's the stigma the world has on us we don't just dance and shout because we're Pentecostal and that's the reputation we've got we dance and shout because it's biblical and because it impacts the invisible realm Well, I wonder if you can go ahead and lift your hands and lift your voice and just 
just begin to wage holy war in this house right now. Come on. Just begin to wage holy war in this house right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, Peck, put your hands together all over the house. And I wonder if you can just set a precedent for this service right now. Would you clap your hands and mix your voice and just shout? Come on. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you promise to help me preach here tonight, God bless you. You can be seated. We understand here tonight that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And when we begin to praise God in the natural, there is also a battle going on in the supernatural. Because the invisible or the visible is a reflection of what is happening in the invisible. The natural is just a mirror of what is happening in the supernatural. So whenever we clap our hands, whenever we lift our voice, whenever we stomp our feet, whenever we run the aisles, whenever we leap for joy, we are not just doing something that Pentecostals do because that's our reputation. But we are literally waging holy war in the spirit world. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness that have set themselves in high places. But that word wrestle there is a very interesting word because throughout history and throughout Scripture, a wrestling match is defined as or it defines the victor as one that is able to put his foot on the neck of his enemy. And the victor isn't determined until he is able to put his foot on the neck of the one that he is fighting against. Or the one that he is wrestling against. And we see that played out where Joshua calls for the leaders of his army. And he tells them to put their foot on the neck of the kings that they had just defeated. And whenever the serpent was cursed in Genesis chapter 3, there was a curse given to him and God said that there would be enmity between thy seed and the woman's seed. Thou shalt bruise her heel, his heel, but his heel shall bruise your head. 
that was known as the Proto-Evangelion. It was the prototype of the gospel. So right there in Genesis chapter 3, God was letting us know that the key to putting our foot on the neck of an enemy is still the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can I tell Antioch, you've got all you need to break the back of the strong man in this area. You don't need more lights. You don't need more talent. You don't need more systems. You don't need more pedigree or more ability. You just need the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the object is to put our foot on the neck of an enemy. And there are people in this house, you've been fighting an enemy year after year after year. And this church has been fighting the strong man, the giant of this region year after year after year. And he has been weakened over the last couple of weeks. Make no mistake about it. But there is still a battle that has to be fought. There is still a war that has to be won to totally and completely defeat the giant of this region. And there were a lot of people that heard the voice of the giant in the valley of Elah but not everybody was willing to confront the giant of that valley and when everybody else turned a blind eye in discouragement and intimidation to that giant there was one boy on the backside of nowhere that heard that giant lift his voice and he said if nobody else is going to do anything about it I'm going to do something about it Because it is the nature of a praiser to confront things nobody else is willing to confront. And so he marched into that valley. David showed up to the valley. And he looked around and he said, is there not a cause? And his brother Eliab said, I know the naughtiness of your heart. You're just here to see the battle. And he asked a question. And that question was, what have you done with those few sheep in the wilderness? Can I tell you when the enemy sees where you are going, he will always try to undermine where you are. And the enemy has looked at this church and he said, All that God has trusted you with is just a few sheep in the wilderness. He has tried to make you believe what God has trusted this church with is insignificant. And there is a voice of an enemy that wants to tell the apostolic church that what the Father has trusted us to protect is insignificant. He has said Acts 2.38 is insignificant. He has said the oneness of God is insignificant. He has said Jesus' name baptism is insignificant. He has said holiness and separation inwardly and outwardly is insignificant. It's just a few sheep in the wilderness. But David looked at Saul and said, I was protecting those few sheep in the wilderness. And there came a lion and there came a bear and it took a lamb. He did not refer to them as sheep. He referred to them as lambs because 
David understood it might be insignificant to everybody else, but this lamb will be a sacrifice that will save somebody else from their sins. It is the nature of a praiser to rise up and fight for what God has trusted us with. If we fight for anything, we need to fight for apostolic doctrine. If we shout about anything, we need to shout about here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. If we shout and we dance about anything, it needs to be the apostolic doctrine. Oh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody here that'll say, it's not a few sheep in the wilderness, it's a lamb, and it's going to save the world. But you've got to understand, when David marched into that valley, uh, he was not in Goliath's valley, uh, but Goliath was in David's valley. Because 1 Samuel 17 and 1 uh, said the valley belonged to Judah. Can I let this church know this is not the devil's region? Uh, this is your region. Uh, you know who this area belongs to. It belongs to the praiser. It belongs to the shouter. It belongs to the aisle runner. Uh, it belongs to the dancer. It belongs to the leaper. I wish there'd be somebody get out of their seat and let the enemy know this is our revival. This is our harvest. This is our church. These are God's souls. Take 10 seconds and lose your mind with a shout in this house right now. It was a messianic prophecy. It said the scepter would not depart from Judah until Shiloh come. What he was saying was is that the praisers are going to be the one that has the king. That the king, every king of Israel should be a descendant from the tribe of Judah. But it is amazing to me that whenever they selected their first king, the first thing they did was exclude praise from the possibility of being their king. They said, we don't want a prophet. We want a king so we can be like all of the other nations. It is amazing to me that when they made an effort to be like the rest of the world, the first thing they did was exclude praise from its seat of authority. We are never more like the world than when we let go of apostolic praise and apostolic worship. We are not created to create a comfortable atmosphere. We're created to create an atmosphere that will set the captive free that will destroy the yoke so if we get wild if we get rambunctious if we seem a little crazy that's alright we're just being apostolic 
You ought to be apostolic in this house. If you're apostolic with the gifts, if you're apostolic with fivefold ministry, you're not apostolic if you don't dance, if you don't shout, if you don't leap, if you don't run. Are we apostolic here tonight? Then let's be apostolic. You can lose control of this service. You ought to put your foot on the neck of an enemy in this house and say, we're taking this region. We're taking this city. We're taking this county. I want you to grab your neighbor by the hand and just lift your voice and begin to shout in this house right now. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, you're affecting the spirit world. You're putting your foot on the neck of the giant of this region. This is not Goliath's valley. This is Judah's valley. This is Israel's valley. This is Antioch's valley. Do you feel that charge that just hit this room? You're waging holy war. There are angels fighting in this house. Shout. Lose yourself. Get out of your seat and do something you've never done before. Get out of your seat and shout like you've never shouted. Get out of your seat and shout like you've never shouted. I wish somebody would join him in rolling these floors right now. If we believe in the continuation of the apostolic doctrine, we better not let praise die. If we let Acts 2.38 continue, we got to let a shout continue. If we let oneness continue, we got to let a dance continue. We got to get more radical than we've ever been. It's not time to get quiet. It's time to raise the volume. There you go. You don't need to wait on another good point. You need to get fed up with the giant in your region. You need to put your foot on his neck and shout until he breathes his last breath. Dance until that back is broken. We're not just shouting to shout. We're shouting because we're waging war.
And so God begins to look at Moses. And he starts talking to Moses about advancing to a place they've never been. And he begins to give him instruction about where all of the tribes of Israel are supposed to be whenever they take the camp and they move forward. And I want you to understand that God told Moses before the camp move forward, before the camp can go forward and go to a place it's never been before, he said Judah has got to be the tribe that is out front leading the way. You want to know what's going to lead this church to the next dimension? It's when Judah makes up its mind. When nobody else is shouting, I'm going to shout. When nobody else is dancing, I'm going to dance. Come on, Judah. Take your rightful place as the leader of this thing. Get out of your complacency and shout. And so he looked at Moses, thank you. He looked at Moses and he said, Moses, I want you to take all of the Levites and put them in front. I want you and the Levites right in the middle while Judah is out front. And here is the reason why. He said, because if the praisers are leading the way and the man of God in the ministry is in the middle while the praisers are leading the way, he said, every stranger that comes forth shall be put to death by the praisers. You know what that word stranger? means in the Hebrew it literally means an enemy or a prostitute they were protecting the man of God from anything that could attack him and pervert the message when you dance and shout you're protecting the man of God come on Judah you ought to shout for your pastor you ought to guard this man when you you ought to shout for your pastor shout for your pastor's wife dance Answer and guard the Levites. Come on, Judah, you're gonna kill the enemy. I wish there'd be some men run on this platform and shout with your man of God and say, let's break the back. Let's put our foot on the neck of an enemy. We're breaking strongholds, we're destroying yokes, we're lifting birds. I want you to run out of your seat down to this altar right now. Run out of your seat down to this altar. Come with a praise in your spirit. Come with a dance in your step. You don't need to wait on me. You just need to put your foot on the neck of the enemy. 
You'd think after you go through enough hell, your pride would be gone when it's time to dance and shout. I wish there'd be somebody that would say, when I look back over my life and all the hell I've been through, I've got to shout and let the devil know my foot's on his neck. You can't have my family. You can't have my church. You can't have this city. You can't have it. It's mine. It's mine. Here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to understand. Judah will have dominion until Shiloh comes. There's a visitation coming to this church that'll astound the state. Do you want to know what's going to pave the way for that visitation to come? When Judah gets out front and leads this thing. We've gotten real relaxed in Pentecost. It's amazing the stories we talk about with miracles. Come from the same generation. That also told us stories about bobby pins being on the floor when they got done. God ain't changed. I wonder who has. I'm going to talk about ladies for a minute. Ladies, I want you to understand exactly how powerful you are. Because in the Old Testament... When man fell in the garden, God said, I've got to protect my glory. So you know what he did? He put cherubims outside the garden Eden. And you know what else he did? He put cherubims above upon the mercy seat to guard the glory. Lucifer was the cherub that covered before he fell. He reflected the glory of God. He was a protector, a defender of the glory of God. Do you know what cherubim means? It literally means a defender of the glory. So when Paul starts writing in 1 Corinthians 11 about a woman's uncut hair and those angels on her head because of that covering, what he's saying is, uh, is ladies, you are defenders of the glory of God in the New Testament church. And so ladies, when you start dancing and you start shouting and you let that long, uncut hair down, there are angels that are dispatched into the atmosphere. There are angels that are released above your head. There ought to be some ladies that shout right now and release those angels. They're going back to your job. They're going back to your school, back to your family. All right, here we go, guys. Because I'm seeing a little spirit creep in in Pentecost traveling across our movement. 
that when a church service is locked up, they want the ladies to do all the dancing and the shout. It's amazing to me you can skin a deer, but God forbid you break a sweat in the house of God. Oh, y'all like me right up until that point right there. But you read your Bible in the Old Testament. It wasn't the women that put the ark on their shoulders when it got time to advance to the next place. It was the men that put the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders when it was time to advance to the next place. So my question is, how can we expect the women to cover what the men won't carry? No, you didn't catch it. I said, how can we expect the women to cover what the men won't carry? I wonder what would happen if men and women in this house would begin to carry the glory and guard the glory with your shout. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You see, this right here is exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you, but... Because that right there is exactly what I'm talking about. It's an entertainment culture. That we need a shout beat to hype us up and make us feel emotional. Praise is not about emotion. I said praise is not about emotion. It's about glorifying God and waging holy war in the spirit world. When I count to three, I want you to forget about who's around you. It's time you do something you hadn't done in a while. Ladies, you might as well kick those shoes off. Guys, you might as well go ahead and take that jacket off. We're going to put our foot on the neck of an enemy in this region here tonight without any hype and emotion, just apostolic praise. Are you ready? One, two, three, go, go. You're fighting. You're fighting. You're waging war. You're defeating the enemy. You're breaking the back. Come on, there's a miracle happening in your life. There's dominion in this room. You ought to shout until the pain leaves. You ought to dance until the depression leaves. Go! Don't wait on another good point. Just shout until you lose it in this house.
Here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave this altar and I want you to turn this entire room into a battleground in the spirit right now. You need to run around these aisles right now. Flow out of this altar with a lifted voice and with dominion in your mouth and begin to battle in the spirit. I want you to stretch your hands in every direction and begin to wage war. We got to put our foot on the neck of an enemy here tonight. This is your valley. It's not the giant's region. It's not the devil's region. It's Antioch's region. open our eyes that we may see they that be for us are more than they that be against us. You're loosing angels here tonight Antioch. You're the victor. You're the overcomer. Come on, let the Holy Ghost lead you. If you want to join up with somebody and dance and agree for your miracle, if one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Let the Holy Ghost lead you in this house right now. I release you. Be apostolic.
There needs to be ministry operating all over this house right now. Find somebody to pray with. Lay hands on them. Begin to go to battle for one another and with each other. Agree for your miracle. Agree for their miracle. Come on. Operate in apostolic authority here tonight. We are confronting that spirit.
I'm sure you have felt it, but there's just been a shift in this atmosphere. There is a depth God is calling us to. I want you to open up your mouth and lift your voice and pray in the Spirit. There is a depth of warfare in this house right now. Flow in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, plug into this depth. Deep calleth unto deep. Deep calleth unto deep. If you need to find a place to pray, you need to find a place to pray and go to battle. Come on, you got to confront this thing. You got to face it head on. You got to put your foot on its neck.
died for me to give you. Hear me, Antioch. It's time for me to give you buildings you did not build. Vineyards you did not plant. Land you did not plow. There are financial blessings hanging over the head of many of you. It is time, Antioch, to cross over. I have buildings with your name already on it in the spirit. I have vineyards with your name already on it in the spirit. I have land on it already with your name in the spirit. But hear me, Antioch. Today is the day. Now is the time to submit. Lay down your will, Antioch. Cross over the Jordan, Antioch. Cross over the land, the vineyard, the buildings. They're yours for the taking. Cross over, Antioch. Cross over, Antioch. Cross over, Antioch. Come on, there it is. Lift your voice and cross over. It's yours, Antioch. It's yours, Antioch. Go after it. 